Welcome to Relationship Matters, a mental health podcast where two relational psychotherapists dive into topics that you actually want to know more about. My name is Jason. And I'm Carling. And we're all about improving connections. And enhancing relationships. Ooh, I love saying our slogan, Jason. <laughs> so do I. So do I. How are you doing today, my friend? How are you doing? Really good, you know? Just, uh, I mean... I'm doing well. I don't want to keep talking about the weather every single time we do these podcasts where at the beginning, it's like, the weather's great. It's changing. And here's what it is. So let me just say, I love that spooky season has come and gone. And I love that we're starting to get into more festive times. How are you? Too early for me to be festive. Too early? F yeah. Like, come on. I will judge much um, for the really <laughs> early festive people. Um, I am excited to see how you uh, decorate your place because I know you're really good at that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That could Which... be your side hustle one day, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Which I think that whole decoration is going to start to creep out very soon. Mm-hmm. So I imagine. Um yeah. You, yeah, you know how I feel about this month, November. <laughs> it's your favorite. It's you my got a tattoo epic and everything. favorite. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, it it's all good. Yeah. I, I am going to be optimistic. That's my mantra. Mm-hmm. Be optimistic this month. Um, but I am really jazzed to uh, talk more about sex with you today. <laughs> Same, same. So yeah, like, let's, let's just do a little recap. So last month, uh, if you, uh, the listeners were uh, following along, then uh, you would have noticed that in October, we're talking about sex, but specifically, we're talking about myths and just finding a time to, uh, you know, really have a conversation where we bust some of these myths and see how it it shows up in your relationships. So our angle last week, uh, last week, last month, (laughs) It's it's one of those. Anyways, it's it's a brain lapse. It's fine. Anyways, so last session, last thing, last time we were together, uh, we talked about uh, these sex myths that pertain to people who identify as women uh, and or vulva owners specifically. So it's only fitting, I think, for us to continue to expand this conversation. Well, let's continue to have it, but now privilege the those who identify as male or and or penis owners, because there's going to be a lot that uh, can be said there. Plus, in addition to that, I uh, just wanted to also mention that uh, I, I really appreciate our timing of this, given that... Um, in the month of November, uh, over the last few years specifically, uh, is where I, I would assume that some, if not most, of our listeners have heard of uh, the whole Movember movement, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden those who identify as male and are able to grow facial hair start off the month very clean shaven and just try to grow out a mustache, right? Where then obviously some people look kind of badass and other people kind of look, I don't know, a I- little... <laughs> Uh, a little sketchy a little sketchy a little sketchy i I define i define it as a time where i'm less attracted to men 
<laughs> fair, fair, very fair. But some people so, are into the mustache game, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's fair. And the whole intention behind it isn't necessarily to to grow out a mustache, but it's to bring to start a conversation around men's mental health, which uh I know for sure is is still something that needs a lot of work and a lot of intention to try to to destigmatize. Because you know what, we all have these experiences of mental health and concerns and vulnerabilities and insecurities. And yet, socially, there's a lot more space for uh, women or those who identify as women or are more female presenting to take up space uh, in, in that type of conversation. Whereas men, that, that permission is sort of taken away, at least at a social level. So I, I appreciate that we're talking about uh, sex and relationships and myths that pertain to men and penis owners. Um, though at the same time, recognizing, you know, it's it's November. Uh, so the whole Movember uh, month is happening. So let's make it also intentional to create space to normalize men's mental health and men's issues, um, as particularly being someone who identifies as as male myself. Um, the significance of it in uh, is is absolutely pivotal and crucial, and in some instances life saving as well. So mm-hmm. it's important to have these conversations, um, which are more than just fluff pieces. Uh, and I'm I'm quite I'm being quite genuine when I say that. Mm, definitely it's more than just like okay just go get a beer with the boys and it'll make you feel better or suck it up get over it type of Mm -hmm. mentality right uh myths on what to do when you're feeling emotional pain for men but this you know this ties in and a lot into what we were speaking about last episode uh is, is how patriarchy is very influential on these sexual myths, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just start us off on, you know, some of the myths that we're going to be talking about today is that there's a lot of stuff about people's penises. Lots, mm-hmm. lots. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of the, I would say, one of the top reasons that People, ident- people with penises uh, come to work with with me um, when it when it relates to sex is uh, you know I'm I'm being a little silly here hashtag dick problems right mm-hmm. it's like you know and and we'll say it like dick problems not I'm having you know some challenges uh, or I find my penis does not maintain an erection when I've been told it should maintain an erection or become erect. Um, so, you know, we even have languaging such as erectile dysfunction, right? The clinical term of when, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is, it is seen as normal for penises to be erect. And, uh, yeah, and, and it's, it's really interesting. Um, we explore that there are, uh, physical, uh, reasons where people's penises may not, become or maintain erection um they're also very much a psychological reasons which is more more my area of expertise is is working with people around the psychological reasons um why it might be challenging at times to maintain an erection uh and a large part i think has to do with these sexual myths that you should you should be hot heavy and horny all the time and you should be able mm-hmm. to have an erection when it's sexy time with somebody and of course you should maintain one so you can again heteronormative give her as many orgasms as you want to give her right and then if you don't that means you're less of a man 
or you're shitty in the bedroom. Right. Yeah. Does that resonate? Like, have you heard that or been under the influence of those sexual freaking myths? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like this, this is something that comes across very, very, very frequently Mm -hmm. uh, in, in the work that I do with, with a lot of my male clients Mm -hmm. um, where there's, they just feel a certain type of way. And that type of way is they feel ashamed or embarrassed that they're not able to live up to our collective set of expectations of what he is supposed to be doing or what he needs to be doing for the sake of dot, 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 whatever, whatever that ends up being. Right. So it's, it's a huge thing to navigate, which is why I'm saying like, yeah, this is great that we're talking about sex myths And at the same time, it's interesting to note that these same sex myths that invite you to feel a certain type of way, shame, embarrassment, guilt even, um, please tell me how the hell that does not impact your mental health. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is more than just what the hell your dick is doing. Like it's so much more or, or what you're able to do with it or whatever. It has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with concepts of self has everything to do with your self-esteem it has everything to do with um, uh, the emergence and your management of anxiety of depression uh, of these larger things that if we'd remove gender we're talking about hey here's some mental health concerns that some people bring into uh, uh, a therapist's office and work with a therapist for um yeah this is something that's quite prominent and Mm -hmm. it's, it's perhaps interesting how the invitation for some, though not all for some men to talk about these things is the doorway to mental health is through his penis. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's kind of interesting, right? Where he'll come into the office, say, uh, start talking about his hashtag dick problems. um, And then the more that we stay in that conversation, the more that we're highlighting Mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health. Yeah. No, well said there too. I just, that is just so lines up with, with experience working as a sex therapist and sex in general, right? Like how that often leads into much more of a deeper conversations um, on other things like emotional, mental health, uh, relational health, blah, blah, blah. Right. And yeah, it's, you know, I think of the term performance anxiety and mm-hmm. what this means is that one of the psychological reasons why some of the penis may um, find it challenging to maintain erections or get erections, right? Is this idea that we must perform. And I think often how masculinity, the sense of how much of a man you are gets tied into one's penis and what, how his penis performs well just even how that might be an issue okay so I'm not performing how I should be so therefore I need help Mm -hmm. right that that the help that almost it's valid you know my penis not performing is a valid reason to ask for help right as men are often uh very like insidiously trained in our culture to not ask for help not get support Right. And so how, you know, it's interesting that when we think of like dicks being a palatable reason for Mm -hmm. men to show up to get help, that's, it's kind of wild, eh? Yeah, it is. It is like, it's, it's, it basically suggests that 
this is the only way that you're actually, there's any validity behind you reaching out for support, right? Like is when there's any type of problem or concern with your penis that uh, there's, that then suggests like the penis is the only thing that has any type of gendered validity. Anything outside of the penis is, is just you being a little bitch. Yep. So stopping a little bitch. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And the fact that you can't maintain an erection or get an erection means you're a little bitchy too. Totally. Totally. Right. So you gotta go fix so, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so like, I think Carling, we're, we're really highlighting uh, that, the intersections and, and the interconnectedness of sex, sexuality, some of these myths, these internalized expectations of self and other in a sexual realm, um, and how that just interconnects beautifully and oftentimes painfully with mental health, right? Yeah. So it, these types of conversations, yeah, wow, like, look at the title, Sex Myths. Wow, I'm so intrigued, because as a society, we... We're publicly uh, not supposed to be talking about sex, and yet everyone is super, 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 super curious and just really drawn to it. And I wonder why. Because it's part of who we are. It's part yeah. of what we do. It's part of how we exist. So it's just, it's, it's normal. We, there's clear interest, but just publicly, there's barriers that get into, uh, get into play. So mm-hmm. with that being said, I think it, it, it would be important to, to highlight what are some of these myths? Let's understand it. And let's hold on to some of that mental health stuff that, yeah, we'll be talking more explicitly about sex and sexuality um, uh, as it pertains to uh, uh, those who identify as men or uh, penis owners or both. Um, that said, what's the the mental health aspect to my hashtag dick problem right now? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. that's very much going to be there. Definitely. More than just some warm and fuzzy thing. So mm-hmm. shall we bust some myths? Yeah, let's let's bust some more myths here. Wanna, okay. you know, speaking of dick problems, uh, okay, why does one have a dick problem? Right? Mm-hmm. And of course, is in quote dick problems are in quotation marks. <laughs> okay. So, right. you know, I we we often, when there is a problem, are we go the cognitive route of trying to find the reason for the problems because we believe that will solve the problem, right? And so one of the ways that people, one of the myths of why one um, might have difficulty with erections is because they're watching too much porn or they're just watching porn in general. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, him watching porn, well, that means, you know, his uh, that's going to lead his penis to not work. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but I, you know, that's, that doesn't mean that that's a hard truth. Right. And it also, you know, it, it kind of just returning back to what I mentioned a few minutes ago, the sort of physical realm of why someone might have issues with erections and the psychological realm. Is it possible that porn could impact uh, psychologically someone so with erections, maybe, you know, it's, you know, if we're ever thinking about attraction totally. and the types of sex that you're watching, that kind of stuff, if your brain is associating that type of sex and then not having access to in real life, that type of sex, and therefore your, your body's not conditioned to 
get erect when you know unless it mm-hmm. is that that those versions of sex that you're watching okay that can that can check out that makes sense to me how that can be impactful but this this general notion that porn causes erectile dysfunction i'm not buying what those people are selling what do you what about you yeah no i i totally agree with you and and i i appreciate how you were just describing the the difference between uh, the physical versus the psychological, mm-hmm. because when we're talking about um, uh, these hashtag dick problems, um, essentially we're talking about dick function, and that's the problem in that it, it's not working the way that it's supposed to, right? Which is why there's that clinical term of uh, dysfunction because it is mm-hmm. just not functioning in the ways in which it ought to. So, with that said, uh, if we forget about brain and feelings for a second just for a hot minute Um, and we're just focusing on the body Uh, naturally when the body does things uh, then there might be very good reason to go speak to a doctor who would be the expert in the body right Um, to then say hey body expert here's some of the things that are happening with my body um what's up what say you uh can what can we do here to make better sense of of this because there may be may is the key word there may be a biological organic uh uh reason why things are happening in the ways that they are when it comes to the penis let's be real i think this is actually a really really important piece to note is when we're talking about the penis and the penis not working in the ways that it should uh with regards to erection Let's scale it back for a minute. Um, what is an erection other than mm. just that that visual, right? So yeah. the visual of having a flaccid penis and then just one that's just really rigid, one that's hard, mm-hmm. uh, and then one that's that's kind of hopefully pointing right at you or some type of way it's pointing because um, it all comes in different shapes and sizes. Yeah. So with that said, um, uh, what ends up, happening there is that an erection equals blood flow that's what that is so we let's be less sexual and sexy about it it's just blood that's what it Mm -hmm. is when it's that hard it's not because it it grew a bone uh it literally is just tissue that gets engorged with blood um and it's actually a lot of blood right that things happen in the penis to sort of cut off access for that blood to go back into the body and just stay in the penis to help it stay hard, right? Mm-hmm. So we're really talking about, hmm, I wonder what kind of, I don't know, system in the body has anything to do with blood? Hmm, I don't know, cardiovascular, maybe? Mm-hmm. Could that be part of it? So when we're talking about dick problems, uh, yeah, like if, if it's difficult to get an erection or maintain an erection, my first biological thought is hey you know what let's talk about your 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 dick and let's talk about that uh in a psychological way for sure and at the same time i want to make sure that your body's okay so mm-hmm. i would need you and this is stuff that i tell uh yep. the guys that i work with like i i would need you to um at least consider uh honestly and seriously consider having a conversation with uh mm-hmm. a physician just to clear out any possible things that mm-hmm. i as a psychotherapist it, I, I can't do, I'm not a medical doctor. I, I can't, I can't do things that they can. Right. Mm-hmm. So they would be able to assess the body while we together can assess and work on the mind. Exactly. And that's going to be the other aspect of it. Right. So mm-hmm. the penis being tied into um, uh, uh, like 
who it is that I am, my masculinity, my identity. I'm like, all right, cool. Got it. At the same time, you know that your penis is, is tied into the same system that is, it's your heart, right? Yeah. So if if you're having a difficult time have, getting a heart on, then get your heart on. What is going on with your heart? What is happening there? Is your heart okay? Is your blood pressure okay? Uh, uh, when was the last time you got that checked out? Because most guys don't really make that link uh, between heart and penis but this is going to be kind of a blessing in that you have a sort of test i guess uh a, a, an external way to verify and, and to check how's your cardiovascular system doing because mm-hmm. if everything's pretty decent then your erection in theory should also be pretty decent as well yeah right? i really like that you said get your heart on for hard ons <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking if I ever I, start a running group, I'm gonna. That's gonna be my T-shirt. Get, you um, want a hard I, on? Let's get your hard on, buddy. It sounds like you and I need to sign up for a marathon, and then yes. we're gonna be getting our heart on. Yes, except that means I have to run, and I don't want to. So <laughs> <laughs> let's just prance. Yeah. Let's okay. Prance. I, I'm a good prancer. I'm down for that. Cool. cool. All right. Prance for hard ons. Got it. Okay. So. <laughs> circling back um where do I want to go with this yeah I would oh I was gonna make a joke halfway through what you're saying so like Jason when they come to you you don't automatically ask how much porn they're watching when they have hashtag dick problems you don't do you right no No. of course you explore knowledge is power here right is is what are you know what are the pathways to explore here as to the reasons why you know Mm -hmm. and I love that you uh, spoke so eloquently about the the potential physical you know reasons uh, and also the mind and how that it can actually be both right you know and how you know I just think of um, experiences of of trauma and it doesn't always have to mean sexual trauma it can be uh, trauma in other other ways um, mm-hmm. how that neurologically can very impact the body too right? If you're in the fight, flight, freeze mode, good luck getting blood to that penis of yours. Not going to happen because the body is designed to put the blood to vital organs at that time for survival reasons. Penis doesn't count in the same way at that time, right? So, so how, you know, I've worked a lot with, um, with men who have experience of trauma on how to how their survival mechanisms don't need to be ignited when they're, when they're actually safe. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to put the blood elsewhere, not just in the vital, the very vital organs. Right. So right. yeah, it's just such a, it just speaks to just how closely connected the mind and body really truly are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, go figure. And like hearing that, that, that here's just how connected mind and body are. And like, I, I hear them like, yeah, for sure. And then the other part of me is like, well, no shit. Where the mm-hmm. hell is the mind? Yeah. Is it on a shelf? Like, is it on a shelf at a store that you have to go fucking buy? No, it is. You hold on to it. it actually, you don't even hold on to it. You're it's already. Yeah. It, it's, it's there. It's yeah. inside of your body. So there's mm-hmm. a mind-body connection. Yeah, no fucking shit. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, let's be clear. Of course mm-hmm. there is a mind-body connection. Why else is it that uh, uh, there's reasons why in, in therapy and in the work that you and I do, Carling, mm-hmm. the models that, that we've used and, and that have been developed 
most of them now have this more mindfulness aspect to it where it's like, oh, let's really be intentional with this mind-body connection. It's like, well, yeah, of course mm-hmm. we have to. Mm-hmm. It's it's all connected. It's not separate. It's not physical health is one thing and then mental health is another. It's yeah. health. That's right. Health is health is health. It is all part of it. If you're a human mm-hmm. being, you got health. What kind of health? You got physical health. You got sexual health. You got mental health. You got other types of health too. But I mean, it is all carried together. Yeah, of course. Of course there's a connection. And of yeah. course it all plays out, which is why it's important to tease apart some of the biological, which is why we're using this type of language. What are some biological reasons, potential reasons mm-hmm. that could be uh uh, sort of the cause for some of your problems, if there are any, mm-hmm. slash what are some more psychological reasons uh, that might be part of uh, or contributing to the problem that you're experiencing, which is important to explore both here. Yeah, because exactly. you and I can explore one, we can't do both. You and yeah. I don't do uh, body exploration exactly. in the ways that uh, a medical doctor would, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, hey, so you got a dick problem? Cool doctor when did you go what did you find mm-hmm. out how's your body oh you don't know here's your task number one yeah go get checked out totally. just go see what's up yeah get the the get the seal of approval from a doctor that the doctor will tell you your body's not broken cool now that we've ruled that out for safety's sake now let's just go into what's going on in the mind mm-hmm. because it's clearly connected yeah. as it should be because it's it's in your body 100 percent, exactly yeah, and even if it is a physical issue, how are you making sense of that physical issue? And is that yeah. causing now uh, psychological contributors to this quote-unquote problem too, mm-hmm. right? Again, the connection, mind and body. Totally. So, Jason, I have a really important question for you. Are you ready? Ready. What if his dick is small? Then he's just screwed. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. The end. He's just screwed. No, yeah. can't can't measure Poor up. Guy. Obviously, for yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I, I don't know. He's going to be lonely forever. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, no one's going to be satisfied because how gross happen. is that? Eh? How gross that's is so this fucked idea? Up. Right? That, that's so fucked Ugh. up. Yeah. So here's the myth that 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 Carling's alluding to is that uh. size matters, uh, and that uh, you know you obviously want the biggest you want to have the biggest hardest cock ever that's what you absolutely need because if you don't have that you're fucked i uh, i feel like you could be a narrator for a porno right now (laughs) (laughs) you're the biggest dick ever (laughs) that's my side hustle coming out in 2022 watch out i love it yes oh my gosh yeah no, I, I hear you. But yeah, like it's it's that myth that that size matters um, uh, in in what it is that that you have. Like what what control do you have in the size of, mm. of your body or in the ways in which it's it's growing and developing? You don't. So how does size matter? And uh, uh, it, it matters in this one particular aspect. It matters based on your own concepts of self. That's the only time mm-hmm. that it actually matters. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to how you use your dick, does it matter? N- n- no, no, it, it doesn't. And it's not just a thing people say to make you feel nice. It's it's the truth. Whether you accept that or don't, that's a separate conversation. But yeah. ultimately, the size of your penis doesn't 
it is not an indication of anything other than that's just the size of your penis. I mean, yeah. embrace it. Yeah, just like the size of your arm looks like that. The size of your toe is that. You know, yeah. it, it's just the meaning that the really problematic meaning we make out of penis size. You know, I can't direct lived experience wise can't relate um but i can re- in that way i can relate to just like breast size for for mm-hmm. women right and just like how your sense of value and worthiness gets tied into your dick size how mm-hmm. good you are in the quote-unquote bedroom uh with women has to do with your dick size there's no way that if you have a small penis that you are going to please her uh mm-hmm. allow her to get orgasms and you know, it's almost laughable just how uh, out of touch that is with with the anatomy of yeah. like a woman, as an example. As we mm-hmm. mentioned last episode of people with um, vulvas and vaginas, like that. You know, having an orgasm through penetrative sex uh, is is actually kind of rare for many many uh, women, or like does not happen at all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just how like the G spot, I believe it's only two inches from max, like two inches from the, don't know the clinical word in this moment, um, but the opening of the mm-hmm. vagina. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like having like a fucking nine inch, huge, massive cock really, it, it, it doesn't make that much of a, a difference, right? In terms of like mm-hmm. G spot um you know stimulation um sexual pleasure like it doesn't from an anatomical perspective no or anatomy perspective i don't know if anatomical is the right word anyways um however the psychological piece here it's like how you know many many women are also trained in this idea like oh if he has a big dick oh yeah it's so hot it's so good oh right it's like mm, Maybe. I don't know. But how much of that is that just that us internalizing this myth that that is what makes a man more valuable, not only as a man, but also a sexual partner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then if if you sort of bring in more of an evolutionary perspective to this and more of a biological perspective to this, let's pause the whole uh, uh, mental health touchy feely aspect of it for a second biologically here's here's what's up so if we're talking about heterosexual uh couples who engage in sex um uh then we need to face with the fact that uh where you receive how you receive pleasure is through uh your nervous system and through your nerve endings because that's how you experience sensations it's the same system that if you put your hand on a hot stove that when you touch the hot stove because ooh, it's nice and red and then you touch it and then you go out like and you remove your hand right away. That's your nervous system sending you a quick message that says, yeah. ouch, this hurts. Right. Yeah. So like sensations, both pleasurable and unpleasurable, come from your nervous system and nerve endings. OK, so that's why when we're talking about a penis, the head of the penis or what's called the glands, the glands is what actually holds a lot of nerve endings. That's why if. If you're able to stimulate a, the the glands, uh, it's it's really really sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, just like if we're talking about uh, a vulva, then the the clitoris itself, there's there's actually more nerve endings in the in the clitoris than there is in the the head of the penis. Just but as an bam. FYI, 
mm-hmm. bam. So uh, it's still there where you're going to feel a lot, not not just, but a lot of sensation, right? Mm-hmm. There are nerve endings inside of uh, when you go, we're looking outside of a vulva, inside into the vagina. There are nerve endings there, a little bit less. But guess how long, like how how into the vagina you actually get into to experience this, right? So I think it's about like the first two or three inches or maybe even Mm -hmm. four max uh, of the vagina where you actually feel or have, uh, it has nerve endings that are out of your control, meaning that's where you're able to feel stuff. So hold on to that. So you got a four inch gap inside Mm -hmm. where it'll feel good. Mm -hmm. The average male erect penis size is less than six inches it's mm-hmm. about five anywhere between 5.5 to let's be generous 5.5 to 6.5 yeah that's the average yeah erect that yeah. means you got a hard on so mm-hmm. you're are you a grower or a shower like you're showing me all right now because you're you're you got a bone on okay if you're five and a half to six and a half i wonder evolutionarily speaking yeah. why that would not be true yeah. When the inside of a vagina, talking about heterosexuality for a second, mm-hmm. I like I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not excluding uh, uh, same sex or, sure. or anything homosexual, but um, the inside of the vagina, four inches. I'm like, yeah, it mm-hmm. ma- it computes. It makes sense. You want to be able to experience pleasure inside of the vagina with a phallus that actually would allow for that to happen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because then there's other pieces too that are still evolutionary that speak to um, uh, to cause that or to be able to bring someone uh, sexual pleasure increases the chances of of orgasm and orgasm increasing the chances of uh, pregnancy or having mm-hmm. those internal contractions that are happening, which is that oh my god, I'm just going to come right now. It feels so good <laughs> that what ends up happening is that he ejaculates in you, then the the cervix is, is pulsating, which is allowing the semen to get. It, it's all about reproduction, people. Yeah. That that's yeah. that's what this is. It has nothing to do with just how much of a bro you are with mm-hmm. your 10-inch cock. Like it, it has nothing to do with that. That's just, I mean, cool, good for you. Have honest conversations about whether or not they want to take a 10-inch dick inside of them in any type of capacity. That's right. and, yeah. and hear what they honestly have to say. I think publicly everyone's going to say, yeah, the bigger the better because fuck that. Yeah, I, I, like give me a horse mm-hmm. dick. Like that's what I want. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. and then you're met with it and it's like, oh shit, actually. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. You know, mm-hmm. so does size matter? Absolutely not. It, it it doesn't. And you have no control over it. And yet it still impacts you, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, there's still this, this psychological impact of, oh man, I'm not good enough or, or I'm, I'm different than this other guy is. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, of course you are. Cause you're not the same guy. Mm-hmm. Duh. Like you're, you're different. Yeah. Yeah, and just how that even that right can lead to this term erectile dysfunction, hashtag dick problems happening. It's like yeah. I'm not good enough because yeah. my penis isn't big enough. And I've watched porn where all their penises are a certain size. Hello, Photoshop and other drastically ridiculous ways um to keep uh men in those films penis looking larger than than maybe they actually even are. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much reinforcement of these, you know, porn is just one example, so much reinforcement of this idea that uh, worthiness is somehow tied in to someone's penis size. 
Plus, yeah. I would also add to that, if your only sample size, if, if you're a guy listening to this and your only sample size or the only times you've seen other guys' penises is in porn, mm-hmm. your sample size is really, 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 really <laughs> small. Yeah. Small. Very true. It's small. All you're doing is you're watching porn and you're comparing yourself against porn. Cute. Why aren't you doing the same thing when it comes to comparing yourself against, I don't know, the lead actor in, in a rom-com? Why aren't you comparing yourself against uh, uh, the lead actor in a horror movie? Yeah. Why is it that porn takes precedent? Like yeah. it, it, it makes no sense. Like you have a small sample size. The reality is um, uh, average dick size is smaller than what you're probably saying uh, is, is not the eight incher. Uh, that's not average. Does it exist? Of course it exists. There's lots exists. Big, small, thin, thick. It it all exists, right? There's variety. Mm -hmm. There's variability. We are different people. And then this, I think, also segues into this other part of of size and like dick size and just how that matters or uh, affects uh, uh, these ideas or perceptions of self. And that other piece is we're really talking about body image here. Are we yeah, not? Very much. As so. much as we're talking about, Hey, here's my cock. And I think my, I have a small dick. Uh, uh, okay, cute. So what? So like, this is your dick. Your dick is your body is it's on your body. Yeah. It's part of your body. So we are talking about body image. So wait, body image issues are not just a woman's thing. Mm-hmm. No. Oh my God. No, mm-hmm. it's a human being thing. If there's something about your body that makes you feel less than, yeah, join the club. Everybody else. That's it. And and it's just, I think the biggest issue here is that it's not normalized, validated, talked about. It's freaking hidden. This idea that, a, you know, a man would experience body image issues and how that equates, like, you know, equating that with women, femininity, and then you're seen as a, as a dude having that issue, then you'd be seen as more feminine and therefore weak, therefore bad. I mean, we can just, you know, circle circle back again to an oppressive idea around gender and sex, dick Mm -hmm. size, body, you know, what a body should quote unquote look like. And it's just, it's, um, I always wonder, and I invite, invite listeners to ask themselves, like, who is this benefiting? Right. Yeah. Who is this benefiting? Solid question, by the way. Right? Solid. Hard. Yes. (laughs) Right? It's like, okay, maybe I look down on my dick and I'm like, okay, it's like probably four or five inches. And I think I'm less than. Okay, who's that? Who's that really serving? Right? Maybe I'm with a guy and I'm like, oh, he's got a smaller dick. And then I'm like, "Mm, not really that interested anymore what the fuck? Who's that serving? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So let's it, forget about the fact that he's super kind and that he's respectful exactly. and that he's super funny. And then, yeah. Oh my God, like out of all the yeah. douchey guys that you've dated before, this one is just, he makes you laugh. He's all of these things. He checks off all the boxes, but he's got a micro peen. So fuck yeah. that. So bye. Right. You know, it's just, we are all so under the influence of these sexual myths and highly encouraged and something I'm still working on and always working on, right? Is just how do we not reinforce within ourselves internally and also externally, frankly, these bullshit messages that probably only benefit 
some system of power, mm-hmm. right? But as individuals like this, I, I don't see how they do like at all. Am I off? Yeah. Do I, am I missing something here? <laughs> no, yeah. no, I, I think, I think that like all of these different points are, are, are so significant and so impactful in in guys' lives, right? Yeah. Um, and and it's not just uh, well, I mean, this conversation is is focusing on the the other half of our last month's conversation, yeah. but um, ultimately, these are all very common narratives and common themes. Because as much as you were talking, Carling, about um, uh, size mattering, here we're talking about uh, the size of someone's penis. Um, uh, the bigger, the better, obviously. Uh, and you sort of bringing up that perspective on, on breast size, right? Yeah. Which I totally understand. I, I, I also think um, the the other piece to add, to, uh, to bring it back to last month's conversation for just a second, mm-hmm. um, uh, size mattering is sort of like the visuals. Does it look nice and neat and, and, mm-hmm. and ty- uh, tidy, really? So I, I now... I also hear from some of my female uh, clients uh, or vulva owners yeah. who not necessarily, well, actually talk about size, but the size of their vagina, that their vagina yeah. is too big or rather the size of the their labia or their lips, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, my lips are too big or they're too gross or they're too dangly or they're too this. And they've genuinely been considering um, some type of surgery as a means mm-hmm. to, to neaten it up down there. Um, and uh, behaviorally or statistically, you can see I think it's called a vaginal plasty. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where uh, you can see the the increased rate of those undergoing vaginal plasty, like cosmetic vaginal plasty, um, uh, over a, a period of time has increased. Where once upon mm-hmm. a time it was completely unheard of, and now it seems like it's more commonplace. Mm-hmm. Which then you could say everyone's doing it. So like, yeah, go do it yourself too. Okay, that's one perspective. The other would be, hang on, wait, why is everyone doing it? Mm-hmm. Where's that coming from? What's really happening here? And it goes right back to this, this concept of self, of uh, measuring my sense of self against what I got in my groin or on my yeah. groin or around my groin, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so all of this it ties in uh, uh, with mental health specifically in that these are going to be then pieces that for guys become barriers to honest and vulnerable conversations with themselves and or with their partners. And so the, the downside for that is going to not actually, I won't say downside. Here's just the, the, the side effect of, of that. Mm -hmm. The side effect is going to be that your, your partner is going to experience you, the guy as being more emotionally distant more reserved, more dismissive. And then your partner is going to, in their own head, mind you, likely they won't share this with you off the bat, but in their own head, they'll start answering or making sense as to why you're more distant, Mm -hmm. why you're more dismissive, why you're more standoffish. And obviously the most natural, I'm kind of being sarcastic here, but the most reasonable uh, thing is because I like, my male partner uh, is more distant because I'm disgusting. I'm not working yep. in a relationship with, yep. I'm not good enough. So yeah, of course. Oh shit. He's totally going to break up with me or he's going to end this or he's, Yeah, it's a mess. It's yep. a relational mess. 
Yeah. You know? And that's the mess that needs to be cleaned up, not the quote unquote mess of what someone's genitals look like. The totally. bullshit on them, how it's messy, should be contained, should be neat. Like, what the fuck? You know who that's benefiting? People are making money off these surgeries. Mm-hmm. Right? That, you know, I just, I often bring in capitalism when my, my work with clients is something that makes the most money is insecurities of other people hundred percent creating insecurities in other people. You need some evidence, hop on to the TV, right? Mm-hmm. And see how many ways we, we are not normal, not okay, not worthy. That's the worst fucking feeling any of us can feel, not worthy. Mm-hmm. Here's how you fix it. Go get some surgery. Bye. Or buy this exercise and diet program yep. because this is what will transform your life because you feel like such a trash bag that this is what's going to make you flourish because yes. look at the results from all of these people. Exactly. And I think there has, you know, the body positive movement, there has been some deconstructing of capitalist notions primarily for women and women's bodies, but we need to apply that as well to men. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I mean, I just even think about Viagra and how much money pharmaceuticals on keeping erections, uh, you know, long and hard for a while, mm-hmm. right? It's it's mm-hmm. very much an industry that makes a those those pills are expensive, you know, uh, quite a bit of money on this idea that you must. It's important and it's so tied into your worthiness. You must be and stay erect, right? And I think just also as as a as an add-on, um, not to, because this could also be a separate conversation entirely, but when you were talking about the body positivity movement, that sort of triggered something with me mm-hmm. um, to say, like, I agree with you. And I think, let, let's let's out this right now for everybody. Mm-hmm. So as in last month and this month, as we we're talking about sex uh, and these myths and sort of perhaps images of you and a partner or, or just seeing random people having sex or engaging in sex, might come up which is totally normal mind mm-hmm. you it's not that you're 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 weird in any type of way that's just what your mind does so here's what i'm trying to out in that image as as you're hearing both carling and i have these conversations what do those people look like like think mm-hmm. about it yeah. what do those people look like right here's what my guess is going to be that those people look like they have two arms that work they have two legs that work yeah that they yeah. look pretty thin and or fit mm-hmm. and or are conventionally attractive and white and white a hundred percent white mm-hmm. because if anything not white it's not at all warranted or valued or whatever right yep. and uh uh that my assumption would be that that's sort of where where it is that you would what you would see and plus young as well i need yes. to add yes. because obviously if you're old you're not having sex which is a big fat fucking lie. <laughs> it's such a lie. Uh, like, the biggest, one of the biggest fucking lies ever. Oh, like, yes. That we need to dedicate. We're going to do that. Thing. Aging and sexuality. Yeah. We will. Aging we has will. to be 2022 a, a thing. people. Yeah. yeah. But still, like, talking about um, uh, this image that comes up, we're talking about ableism. Because mm-hmm. anything that uh, if you're missing an arm or if your body looks different or if your legs don't work in the ways that I would intend or hope for, or if you need a mobility device or anything like that, then obviously you're no longer a sexual being. Now you're just now you're just disabled. And no one wants to have sex with someone who's disabled because they're just not sexy. Mm. Like 
just as not to take that conversation there uh, entirely because this is yeah men's mental health for a second it is part of it though because that's what i'm trying to out is we have we live in this ableist gendered Mm -hmm. patriarchal whatever world and that that's part of it come on that's part of it right so sex is for every body and everybody no exactly and you know uh given how our culture works sex is political totally sex is oppressive sex is pleasurable right it's just how all of these factors like that's why we talk a lot about the systems that impact Mm -hmm. how we see our bodies how we see sex how we see each other how we see gender Um, it's important to take this lens and as one of our invitations to our listeners today is really yeah like I I like using that question where did I learn this who Mm -hmm. does this benefit as those can be jumping off points and to start really evaluating the systemic influences that are coming into how you see yourself as a sexual being how you see one another and really how you participate in sex too Mm -hmm. totally yeah and then just Briefly, before we start to wrap up our conversation today, Carling, um, I, I think another important myth that uh, kind of deviates away from how the the penis works, sure. and it talks a little bit more about desire. In that, mm-hmm. hey, this is this is actual fact. Ready? Breaking news: Men are always in the mood. Period. So uh, if he's not in the mood, then he's just not that into you. Right. Yeah. That one comes up a lot in my work with uh, couples, relation, intimate relationships. Um, when he's not always in the mood, what does that mean about me? And I'm talking from a woman's, you know, voice yeah. here. Right. And that, that, what is the problem here? Cause there's gotta be a problem. Bingo. There's no problem. He's not always in the mood yeah. and that's okay. He's human. And, and- and you know what, too, is uh, uh, your perspective of, of lending that that female voice also is true in, in same-sex male couples, right? That Where you, you talk mm-hmm. about, um, uh, here's two guys in a relationship, and then uh, sex has sort of fallen to the wayside for whatever reason, that yeah. one of them is not always in the mood. And I think this is probably where it might be a little bit more uh, amplified because now mm-hmm. we're not talking about uh, a male and a female. Yeah. Right. Where the, in that dynamic, he's like hyper-sexualized and she's only good for his sexual mm-hmm. gratification. That's all that she's there for. Right. Which if you can't tell, that's BS. I'm being sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the, here's the flip side to that is, so if he's already supposed to be sexually, uh, like hypersexual, when you're gay and two guys, yo, that means that it's like an orgy every single day, right? Because you just cannot get enough. Like that's the expectation and you need to be having sex all of the time off the walls, uh, uh, swinging from the chandelier, uh, uh, full, full-on embodiment of everything, kink and SNM and bondage and everything. It's just cranking up sex to an 11 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No! I know, no. right? People are people are people. If one of you is not in the mood, then it's not necessarily an automatic indication that uh, he's just not that into you. There's right. 
There's so much there when it comes to desire and understanding what the heck, because that's what we're talking about. To be in the mood means that you need to be aroused. So arousal and desire is its own separate thing. So, hey, how does desire work? Uh, uh, How does it work for you and not Mm -hmm. just generally? So this is my invitation is to think about, uh, uh, regardless of how you identify gendered wise, is just to think about when it comes to desire, that that pull, that energy that pushes you towards someone else to want to do something like be sexual in whatever ways that like you just love being sexual. What what does it for you? What what fosters that energy? What contributes to that pull? What is that, right? And if you don't know, take this question and sit with it for a second, right? Sit with it, make sense of it. And then perhaps have a, if if you're partnered, have a date night and then talk about this because you guys are already having sex, whether it's once a week or once a year, it doesn't matter. It's it's being sexual has been happening. So have these conversations, make sense of this for one another. It's important. And, and on top of that, maybe uh, reflect uh, on what assumptions am I making of when mm-hmm. my partner says no. Oh, right? that's a good one. Yeah. 10 points. <laughs> 10 points to Gryffindor. Right? Yay. I am <laughs> totally a Ravenclaw, though, just so you know. Um, sometimes oh, I'll have a puff if it's a it's one of those days. But anyways, it's... <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, so I know, it's, I it's, it's, it's really important to also reflect, right? It's really important to reflect here is that it's very common for our brains to automatically go and make assumptions and then not even notice that we're making assumptions. It's mm. like, take a minute. And like, okay, why? You know, why am I making these assumptions? First noting what they are and then say, why? Where's mm-hmm. that coming from? Huh? Who taught me that? Right? So... Oh. Any other invitations you have for our listeners today, Jason? I think I'm invitationed out, but I want to check in with you. Anything else that comes to mind? Yeah. No, nothing nothing outstanding. The only closing piece I would just add is let's collectively as 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 as, as people, let's just normalize the fact that it is absolutely okay and not at all uh, an indication on your sense of, of and who it is that you are as a person. So your personhood or your yeah. genderhood, if that's, that's another angle to it too. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely okay for anybody to bring up these concerns, to yeah. talk about these discomforts, to talk about these vulnerabilities mm-hmm. and do not have a direct correlation with, if you bring this up, it highlights just how less you are, how insignificant you are. That is crap. That is yeah. bullshit. And Let's work towards destigmatizing that. Let's work towards normalizing the fact that all of this stuff just happens to us all. Carling and myself included, we're human beings oh, yeah. too. Sure, yeah. we're therapists, but it doesn't mean that we're immune to any of this, Mm-mm. right? Mm-mm. At all. So yeah. let's normalize it, everyone. Like, come on. So if there's something that's happening, I would really encourage you to say, if this is what you need to hear, have that conversation with them tonight. If you mm. needed some direction or someone to tell you what to do, what to do, I'm going to do it for you right now. That thing that has been on your mind that just got triggered in this uh, uh, podcast, talk to them tonight. Mm-hmm. Do it. There Love is it. no better time than the present. There will never be a time at uh, the perfect time that doesn't exist because 
all, there will always be something that could have been done better or under a preferred time. So mm -hmm. just do it now, because if you don't do it now, you will carry this with you and it's just going to fuck your own shit up. <laughs> Very clinical languaging. That is it. <laughs> That's fuck how your professional own shit I am. I know, right? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Stop fucking your own shit up. That's our number one invitation here, folks. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and listen, if any of you want to continue this conversation, please visit our social media and you are free to DM us. You're free to just comment on our posts. Are you free to just look? That's fine. Be a creep and not, not let us know you're there. That's cool. We're into that too. Right? Be a lurker. Be a lurker. I'm certainly a really yeah. good lurker. Um, so yeah, so our social media, of course, we're we're on Instagram and we're also on Facebook. Our handle is Relationship Matters Therapy. And I think it's Relationship Matters Therapy Center on Facebook, um, in case that Correct. Makes a difference. I don't know. Um, and listen, maybe you want to, you don't want to, maybe take a break from social media. You can also look at our website at www.relationshipmatterstherapy.com. All right. I think I've bookmarked that in my own browser. <laughs> Never want to forget, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, and Jason, I want to leave you on this one. You know, our, you know, you know what it is. I think you can oh, read my I, mind I on know. that. You go I for know. it. I know. So here's the thing that we like to do uh, frequently on social media, and this month is of no exception. So we're going to be going live uh, this month on Instagram for a series that we put on, which is called Ask Us Anything. So if you have any questions, if this conversation has has brought up some, some curiosities for you, please feel free to share that with us. Uh, if you go onto our Instagram page, uh, you'll hit the, there's a link in our bio, which is just the top of the page itself. Uh, you can find a little, um, uh, I don't know, a button, I guess, where you can submit these questions to us anonymously. So if you're wanting some more clarification or some more guidance around some of these issues around sex uh, uh, or even men's mental health in particular, please feel free to reach out to us. Let us know and join us live on Instagram. The last, uh, and it usually is the last Saturday of each and every month. Uh, November is a special date because of things that we have uh, in the works behind us. So uh, yeah, just stay tuned to social media. We will announce the official date. Uh, uh, it might be November 17th, but don't quote me on that. I know. Uh, uh, I think you're thinking November 13th. It's, it's likely no, going November. to be November 13th. Um, okay. But uh, we will we will clarify. We will. Yeah, we will clarify that on social media. It'll be posted on, on our Instagram yeah. feed and their stories and in a reel and everywhere. It'll be everywhere. So just stay tuned. Okay. Um, and uh, it's something that's free. You don't have to pay for anything. You just show up, interact with us. We love doing this, putting it on and uh, helping you out. So uh, without further ado, I just wanted to thank you all for your time in listening and joining us. And uh, until next time, really do hope that you enjoy improving your connections and enhancing your relationships. Bye, everyone. <laughs>